The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 208th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items. Also, we will be joined in a few minutes by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week was attending last night's Patriots-Packers preseason game, 20 minutes from where I live, and it was just simply one of the best preseason games I've ever attended, and I've been going to them for uh, 23 years over in Foxborough. Obviously, the main storyline was uh, quarterback Tom Brady was freed, so to speak. And when he led the team out of the tunnel without his helmet, uh, the place went absolutely wild. Uh, There were rumors started circulating in Boston late afternoon that he might play after everybody had said he wasn't playing. And, And then... When he surprisingly took the field for the opening series, the entire stadium stood chanting Brady, Brady, which was simply the loudest cheer, preseason cheer I've ever heard. And again, I've been going there for 23 years to all the games in Foxborough preseason and otherwise. So it was really a special night. There was an energy around Gillette Stadium. Again, not to harp on this point, but that I've never seen for a preseason. The free Brady t-shirts, they're everywhere now in Boston. We're certainly everywhere last night. Uh, They really got a boost uh, when the Massachusetts governor, Charlie Baker, wore one after completing the ice bucket, bucket challenge earlier this week. And now they've really taken off, and there's all types of variations, and they're just simply everywhere. And it seemed like everybody last night who wasn't wearing a cheese head, or a a free Brady t-shirt was wearing a cheese head, because there was, not surprisingly, legions of fans there from Packer Nation. Not saying they're all from Wisconsin, come out from Wisconsin, but 
Packers are one of those teams like the Steelers where their fans are just simply everywhere. Cowboys also. And they just come out of the woodwork last night. So it was really an awesome sight looking around Gillette Stadium uh, and seeing all the cheese heads. Just seeing the Packers on the field for the first time here at Gillette in years. Uh, even though it was a preseason game, they were wearing those iconic uniforms. I actually went with a person who grew up in Wisconsin, so that made it extra fun. So we were very uh, tuned in to the uh, Packer presence there at Gillette. And uh, again, it was just as good as it gets the first quarter. Felt more like a regular season game than any preseason game ever. Uh, and all the Packer fans were rewarded by watching uh, Aaron Rodgers playing literally all out in the first quarter. He's just a pleasure to watch. Uh, he just showed amazing mobility. I couldn't believe for a preseason game how he was uh, moving around back there, coming out of the pocket, throwing his famous uh, darts uh, that are his literally his trademark. And uh, it was literally, uh, you know, watching quarterbacking at the highest level with Brady and Rodgers competing against each other in the first quarter, you know, against the backdrop of deflate gate. And it just, uh, you know, really was so much fun. Just a great way to, uh, you know, to attend my first football game, uh, in since the, since speaking of deflate gate, since the AFC championship game back in January, so it was uh, great. Brady did not have a great game. He got the, uh, you know, when he came out in the field to those epic cheers and chants, uh, you know, he got the ball at the one-yard line. Uh, the Patriots had actually stopped the Packers a couple times on fourth down, including uh, right at the one. So he uh, he did not have his best night, but, you know, who cares? <laughs> Just... Uh, he was on the field, and that was really the storyline last night. So it was really just wonderful to watch. And uh, suddenly, football is here, and we're all the better for it. Sticking with football, my bizarre story of the week, hands down, was Jets quarterback Geno Smith getting his jaw broken uh, in the locker room by I.K. and Polly, uh, who was immediately released by the Jets. And picked up by, of course, Rex Ryan and the Bills. Rex drafted uh, an Impali. And, uh, you know, they just don't get any more bizarre than this. You know, I'd be remiss if I just didn't say same old Jets. You know, I have quite the perspective up here in New England of the Jets-Patriots rivalry. And the Jets just, you know, year in, year out, just cannot, you know, get out of their own way. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Uh it sounds like the last time something like this happened was, believe it or not, Clint Longley hitting Roger Staubach, of all people, uh, back in the day in Dallas. And, you know, we're, a lot of stories are coming out uh, on this. Uh, you know, now it appears that, uh, you know, you know, Smith basically, it, it seems for sure that it's about $600 in money and, and you know, plane ticket that Ed and Polly played for to send Gino out to a camp. He didn't go. 
camp was down in Texas. And so, and, and Polly believes Gino owes him $600 and the various stories coming out are suggesting that, uh, that Gino may have said to him in the locker room right before the punch, you know, there's nothing you could do about it. I'm not paying you. And, you know, you say that to just about anybody, let alone an NFL linebacker. <laughs> That's trouble. That's an incendiary statement if it's true. So, uh, you know, Todd Bowles, new coach, coming from a defensive coordinator out there at the Arizona Cardinals where he's done a great job. He just has to be, you know, uh, <clears throat> in shock that he's having to deal with this. I mean, to his credit, he came out you know, early and spoke within hours of the incident uh, to the media. But, you know, it's just, uh, again, back to just same old Jets. You know, they just get it themselves in these situations that you literally cannot make up. Like a, you know, a quarterback's jaw getting broken in an NFL locker room punch is just something you never see, period. My low light of the week, again sticking with football, was the uh, sudden passing of Frank Gifford. Um, he was Joe Namath before Joe Namath. There is no other way to say it. He was the glamour boy with, uh, with good looks in New York City. Uh, then we all grew up with him on Monday Night Football. And uh, even then, even in that room, he was the coolest guy in the room, uh, you know, which is saying something when you think that that room included Howard Cosell and Dandy Don Meredith. So he was just, uh, you know, a special star on the American sports landscape and one, you know, we just won't ever forget, uh, you know, he was Monday Night Football for decades and again, you know, All-American running back at USC, went on to the New York Giants, you know, where he was on literally a par with Mickey Mantle in the 1950s, played in the greatest game ever played, uh, took one of the most vicious hits in NFL history from Chuck Bednarik of the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, just on and on. The You know, the legend of Frank Gifford is... Uh, beyond significant and really just sad and, and shocking, you know, uh, that he passed. I mean, nobody could, uh, you know, nobody could believe it, myself included. Um, just really, really sad to see. Uh, so we'll all miss Frank Gifford. So with that said, uh, in my event of the week, by the way, that I will be covering is the Symmetra Golf Tournament, Symmetra Tour which is basically where the top winners go for the year, go on to the LPGA. So it's in nearby Brockton, Massachusetts. I'll be there over the weekend and looking forward to reporting it next week. So now as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine.
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. I'm here on the West Coast in a community called Hermosa Beach. I'm familiar with it, south of Los Angeles, uh, right on the ocean, if I remember correctly. It sure is. It's from a few blocks away, actually. Oh, good for you. Wow. That just sounds... Fabulous, and it sounds like uh, you're getting a lot of sports done out there in California. Yeah, I've had some opportunities, John, since I've been in California. Uh, This week I dropped by the USC practice, one of the better teams favored to to win that Pac-12. They have an outstanding quarterback returning, Cody Kessler, uh, from Bakersfield, California, by the way. Uh, yep. You're familiar with that town. We just spoke about Frank Gifford moments ago. So he, he's, an, he's a very good quarterback, an excellent leader. I had a chance to speak with him after practice, and you just came away feeling that you'd like this individual to be in command of your football team. Yes, I saw some highlights of, uh, of him out there, and uh, they were interviewing him. On uh, ESPN, they're do, they were doing like uh, the USC UCLA bus stop tour, and uh, he's impressive. And uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to get to see him uh, in not one of his best games, but when Boston College upset them last year up here in, uh, in Chestnut Hill. Uh, so yeah, it's great. You know, 
college football is better off when teams like USC are playing well, and certainly uh, they have a lot of high hopes out there, as they do for UCLA. Yeah, and uh, I'll, be, I'll be visiting UCLA this, this afternoon. They practice, John, east of town in San Bernardino. I know it's very hot out there. I was forewarned. Yes, I'm sure it is. And uh, you're, you're heading out there today? Heading out there this afternoon. They have a 3 o'clock practice scheduled. Yeah, well, once you go inland in California or Florida or places like that, it's a gigantic difference. And I was thinking of UCLA last night because I actually got to see uh, – Brett Hundley, last year's quarterback, take the field for the Packers. And he actually threw a touchdown pass pretty much right off the bat in the preseason game against the Patriots. So, uh, yeah, nice coincidence. You know, it's all about UCLA suddenly for us in the last 24 hours. Yeah, I mean, uh, Coach Moore, he's building the program, and, and I know they're anxious to start the season. And especially, John, when you're not certain of your quarterback, I mean, you have to play something like, like Hummy from last year, started quite a few years. So it's always interesting when you start a season with, with a new quarterback. Yes, and I'm sure they have, uh, you know, some quality players to choose from, to say the least. And uh, and by the way, just speaking of the bus tour all day long today on ESPN, I've been thinking of you as well because Alabama is the featured team. So they've just been doing nonstop reports all day long on Sports Center from Tuscaloosa, and it's been awesome. To say the least. Yeah, there's always something cooking in Tuscaloosa, John. As long as Nick Saban's around, the cameras and the reporters will be hovering around every every word that he says and, and trying to figure out who the quarterback will be. That's the big guessing game this season. Oh, absolutely. Well, I will say this. He could not have been more gracious than he was just walking around talking to uh, – you know, Reese Davis and Danny Cannell, I believe it was, and just really, uh, you know, great mood and, you know, just showing off all things Alabama, to say the least. And uh, there's a lot to show off, to say the least, starting with his with his statue. We want to walk, walk uh, gingerly because you're around a legend. It's kind of a funny thing. For someone to be showing the statue. <laughs> yeah, I think if you want to make a good impression on somebody, it's uh, nice to be able to show them a statue of yourself. Um, but you, and for you out in California, it's not all about college football. It sounds like you were also like me at a big preseason game last night, correct? Yeah, sure was, John. I I, I was up in Pasadena yesterday. I had to make my way down to San Diego, and I was at the Chargers and the Cowboys game. And uh, there was a couple Alabama players I was there to see for the Chargers. Uh, DJ Fluker, who was an offensive lineman, primarily played right tackle in his career with the Chargers. He filled in at left tackle a few times as well. But there's a transition maybe to right guard for DJ. So that's a, that's a big man playing right guard, about 6'5", 330, size 22 shoe. So he's trying to make that transition. It's not been uh, established to help be playing at that spot, but there's a high probability, I believe. And uh, then the other player ch- trying to make a roster spot is Damian Square, nose, nose guard. Okay. Wow, that's great. Um, I got to ask you, because it's such a hot topic in the news, uh, really two things. Number one, what were your impressions of Jack Murphy Stadium, particularly since it's named after a sports writer, Jack Murphy? 
Oh, oh yeah, John, they, they, the name of that stadium now, they call it Qual- Qualcomm Stadium. Qualcomm Stadium. So That's right. Uh, but it, That's right. But, 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 but it, was a, it was a very nice stadium. It was uh, interesting the fact that, uh, you know, when you're in school, in grammar school, your science teacher always tells you that he rises, and I found that out last night in the press box. Because when we went on the field, it was a nice, cool breeze. Uh, but it, it was it was fun, uh, and it's not too far from downtown, so uh, I had no problem getting there, and, and I enjoyed myself at that stadium. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, th- I drove by it once. I was driving from San Diego to Yuma, Arizona, believe it or not. And if I remember correctly, was it on Route Eight or Route Eight Eighty or something like that? Yeah, I think it was. Well, I just rang a bell at eight. Eight does. Okay. It was cool. I I yeah. loved it. Um, yeah. So that leads into my other question, really, which is, uh, <clears throat> what is the buzz out there in Los Angeles about the, the possibility of three, repeat, three NFL teams <laughs> relocating there? And it seems almost like a slam dunk that they're going to get at least one, not this year, obviously, but next year. A year from now, we could be looking at one to three teams in L.A. Yeah, What's John, the city? It's, it's, yeah, it's kind of a quandary. I mean, uh, I'm not sure that folks want the Raiders back and uh, necessarily. And then we, ha- we were having this discussion yesterday over lunch that the fact that if you bring these professional teams back to the Los, Los Angeles area, I'm not sure if the fans are really all that interested. Uh, I think there was a poll taken that, Maybe thirty-one percent didn't carry the way if the team came to Los Angeles. I thought that was unique because you're going to split those dollars. You have UCLA and USC here, two high-profile college football teams. Yeah, it's like uh, I guess that you just summed it up. You just explained why they've gone a generation without an NFL team by telling you know by talking about thirty-one percent of the population apparently doesn't care. I mean, it's just. Stunning, um, <clears throat> but I don't think anything is going to dissuade the NFL at this point. I think it's happening, but uh, I, I mean, is it the talk of the town, positively or negatively? The yeah, NFL you, thing. Yeah, you get some people uh, discussing it. You know, I say we, we had that conversation over lunch yesterday, and uh, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen, John. To be honest with you, but I think your statement about the NFL—they're going to proceed because they, they want a team or teams in the area, I think that's correct. I don't, I'm not sure. It, it probably happens sooner rather than later as well. Absolutely. No, I, I you know, I'm not going out on a limb to predict unequivocally, in my mind, there will be a team in L.A. a year from today, period, playing preseason games. I have no doubts. You know, and you make an interesting point about, you know, USC and UCLA, I mean, I, I made my first ever visit to the Coliseum, not for a game, but it was just, I, I went for a walkthrough, and, you know, at the height of the Pete Carroll era, and national championships, and Heisman Trophy winners, and Reggie Bush, and Matt Leinart, and Carson Palmer, and it totally, totally felt like that was their NFL team, and it was very easy to understand why there would be no clamor. You know, when a hundred thousand people could go see them at the Coliseum on any given Saturday, and uh, yeah, so you know, I, I mean, I can see it, and, and now they actually have you know, 
USC's not at that level, but USCLA has raised their game a level, so now they've just got two great teams. And uh, but again, you know, it's 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 been a generation. Need we say more? Um, and judging from everything you're saying, it doesn't sound like, you know, it's the overwhelming talk of the town. It's a topic, but it's not like you know, all-consuming. Correct? Right, right. I would, I would characterize it in that manner. And it's funny, John, the St. Louis Rams will be scrimmaging for two days against the Dallas Cowboys in Oxnard on Monday and Tuesday. Well, is that right? I did not know that. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I'm going to try to make a trip over there on Monday, possibly. The, the Rams are around. <laughs> so the, the timing couldn't be uh, better. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if I had to pick – my, spe- you know, specifics regarding my prediction of a team being there a year from today. Clearly, I think it's the Rams. I mean, obviously they have the history there. You know, Stan Kroenke, the owner of the Rams. You know, already has the land. Uh, you know, in his possession in Inglewood, I believe. And uh, you know, it just feels like the Rams belong there. We all know. You. I mean, you started off by saying, you know. You don't know that there's a big appetite for the Raiders to move back there and the Chargers, although they used to be there in the early days of the AFL, American Football League. Uh, that one doesn't feel quite right, if you know what I'm saying. You know, uh, nor does the Raiders, but the Rams. You know, that that one just feels likely to me and st louis is such an overwhelming boss baseball town uh, you know something we know a little bit about here in boston being a baseball town too uh i don't know yeah, so if i really had to get specific and make a prediction that's it the rams will be there a year from today right in the raiders you know they're they're going to force the issue they you know that's their style pretty much of oh yeah of uh you know pushing pushing the envelope if they don't get the funds from the city of Oakland that, I mean, you, you know, you read reports that uh, Mark Davis, the owner, is going to pursue a privately funded project in Carson, California. So, I mean, the Raiders, when they set their mind on something, they're going to get, they're, they're going to come out on the on the best side of the deal. Yeah, and, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I actually, you know, spent some time at an owner NFL owners meeting in Dallas uh, chatting with Mark Davis and yeah, I really liked him. I mean, he's a fascinating personality and you know, I'm still hearing by the way, you know, persistent reports about, uh, you know, San Antonio, but that's not necessarily off the table for the Raiders either. And having spent the last four of the last five years at the U S army all American bowl in San Antonio, uh, that city would do well with an NFL team. I can tell you that right now. There's, it's a major metropolitan area, huge population, and obviously it's in football crazy Texas. So uh, I wouldn't rule that one out. You know, that gives him some leverage, a little extra leverage, I'd say. Yeah, they're very good at presenting all the options on the table and making you know appearances that they're moving to specific cities. But they they know in their mind the, the objective, so it's always like a a smoke screen something when they have these 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 uh, situations. Exactly, exactly. Uh, well, 
again, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's hot and heavy. Uh, I was also thinking of you. I mean, it was obviously the key topic at the NFO owners meetings in Chicago this week, where I was thinking of you because you were there last year. They announced that the NFL draft's going to go back to Chicago next May or April. Yeah, that was, that was nice because I enjoyed myself in Chicago and the place where they had the, the draft was downtown Roosevelt university an old theater. And I really enjoyed myself. And so good for Chicago that after 50 years, they're going to get, you know, consecutive years. Yes. Uh, oh, by the way, there's a flash on ESPN at this moment. You're out there for the, you'll be hearing this one that Cordell brought us Snoop Dogg's son has quit the UCLA football team. He's a freshman wide receiver. So, uh, oh my that's goodness. a treat. Yeah. That, that, there's a storyline for you in LA. Well, I'll hear about it when I'm out there in San Bernardino. That'll be the, the topic of conversation immediately following practice. I'm sure that's, Oh my goodness! That's right. Yeah, it's literally on the screen, and there's like uh, Brett McMurphy's discussing it. He just showed a picture of Cordell and his dad, Snoop Dogg. So uh, yeah, and you're on your way to UCLA practice. So there you go. <laughs> Breaking news. Perfect for you. Good timing for you, right? Sure, perfect. I'll get a chance to hear the chatter from all the local sports writers. Yep, maybe you'll see Snoop Dogg out there picking him up to take him home. <laughs> all right. In Los Angeles, John, you see all kind of people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't you got that right. Uh, well, it should be fun for you this afternoon, and thankfully, it's early out there, so you're able to stick around through the end of the show. And uh, But why don't we take a break, and we have a lot more to get to on the other side. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on twitter find us at voice america trn or twitter.com forward slash voice america trn You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. 
Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, and currently our California correspondent, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., as always, we talked a little college football in the previous segment. You're on your way out to UCLA uh, practice in San Bernardino, California. And uh, news just came across that Snoop Dogg's son has quit the UCLA football team. He's a freshman wide receiver. So that should be fun. But I was also thinking of you because I was looking at the Sports Illustrated college football issue, and one of the Heisman favorites is Derrick Henry, Alabama running back. And uh, given that he's the all-time, he broke the national rushing record when he was a high school player in Florida. Uh, We saw flashes of him, but they had T.J. Yeldon, so we didn't see a whole lot of him. But, uh, you know, it feels like to me, and I covered him in the U.S. Army All-American Bowl in San Antonio a while back, a couple years ago, when he was obviously in high school. Uh, It feels like, you know, his time has come for him to finally be the featured back. As good as he is, he wasn't going to replace T.J. Yeldon, who's great, a great career at Alabama. Uh, But, you know, it's Derrick Henry time. Uh, What are your thoughts on him as a, you know, Heisman Trophy favorite? John, there's two things to consider. Derrick Henry coming out of high school, as you said, he broke that high school rushing record over 12,000 yards, 153 touchdowns. Uh, that record was established in the 55 gentleman by the name of Ken Hall, who went to Texas A&M and played for a few years under Coach Bryant. But there's a, a merger of Lane Kiffin's philosophy to get, get the ball to his best player and then Derrick Henry's ability to be a workhorse for an offensive football team. So I think uh, your, you know, your assessment and the magazine's assessment that he's a favorite is, is dead on because he's so, he's so big and he's so punishing as a runner, six foot three, 240 pounds. You could see him get the 30 carries every game. Uh, the second string running back at Alabama, Kenyon Drake, who's added a few more pounds and has the speed and quickness when you bring him in, it's a change of pace, and he's really very difficult to tackle. And they'll put him out wide, John, and, and send him down the field on a fly. And he got an, an 80-yard touchdown last year, uh, on an 80-yard reception for a touchdown last year. But I, I think you could see Derrick Henry be that Amari Cooper of the Alabama offense this year, receiving the, the ball in a number of places and you know screen passes, uh, Runs to the outside, inside. They're going to get him the ball as many in as many ways as they can. Yeah, well, you know what I find interesting about it is very simple. You know, and I alluded to the fact that he was in effect, you know, a part-time running back last year, the second stringer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and you know, it's not often that you see a guy go from. Again, and it's a stretch to call him a second stringer. It's only because they had a great player and deep. T.J. Eldon, but, you know, to see a guy go from, you know, part-time role, so to speak, to a Heisman favorite, it's pretty astounding. You don't see that every day in college football, that's for sure. That just speaks to his talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John, you know, in his two-year career at Alabama, he's only carried the ball 208 times, 
Wow. So he so he he's not beat up. As some guys, by their third year, they're just ready to go to the NFL because they carried the ball so much as a freshman and a sophomore. Well, last year he carried the ball 172 times, which is not an exorbitant amount, you know, because they had T.J. Yeldon. So, yeah, I think this year you're going to see him carry the ball average over 20 carries, I believe. It's going to be fun. You know, again, I saw him play on TV in high school against a really good team. I believe they were from, you know, outside Orlando or whatever, but uh, maybe Jacksonville, but whatever. You know, they played, it was just a great high school football game, and he was just dominant despite the fact that there was a running back on the other side who was practically his equal. Um, It was, you know, just one of the best high school games ever, and then I saw him in San Antonio. He was incredible, and uh, again, need we say more, the all-time national rushing leader in high school in America, the all-time record holder. So that's just an incredible statement. You know, and along those lines of, you know, just going from, quote, part-time player to, uh, you know, to Heisman favorite, another Heisman favorite that you mentioned who hasn't even played a down of major college football is Jeremy Johnson, the new quarterback at Auburn. Uh that's pretty incredible as well that he's an instant Heisman favorite. But last, just last week, you you talked about him and, and said how good he's going to be. Yeah, John, he he's got exceptional ability. I mean, he, he was a talented basketball player. Could have played Division One. About six five, six six. Got a strong arm. You know, he has escapability with those long legs and athleticism. And he's a better passer than you know, Nick Marshall. And Nick Marshall, I thought, reached his potential as a quarterback under Gus Malzahn. And so he's in a system that you, you can accelerate his numbers because he's going to be given the opportunity to throw the ball 30, 40 times a game and then also show off his running skills. So, yeah, Jeremy Johnson, because, because of the Gus Malzahn offensive system, you know, you're a candidate to be a Heisman Trophy winner. Correct. And, uh, yeah, not only is he 6'5", he's 240, which is uh, an awesome size. And then, you know, in true SEC West fashion, and, you know, you cover Alabama and obviously the SEC West, they list five favorites. The two we just talked about, Derrick Henry, Jeremy Johnson. Two others are Dak Prescott, the quarterback at Mississippi State, and Leonard Fournette, the running back at LSU. So four (laughs) out of the five. Heisman favorites play in the SEC West. That's pretty amazing. John, I, I don't know if I've – I'm just trying to think uh, quickly off the top of my head. I, I don't know if that's ever happened before. Exactly. I agree. I, I just don't recall so many outstanding candidates being in one division in college football. Yeah, and it's, you know, even a little more amazing in the, you know, the, the SEC dominant – for so many years, you know, all the national championships in a row. Um, but, you know, last year they took a bit of a hit. Um, as we know, lost some bowl games, what have you. And uh, and so, you know, but it looks like with, you know, this group and obviously the teams they play for that they're going to, like, uh, be right back on top of things, to say the least. Obviously, Ohio State's the consensus national favorite for number one. But, you know. The defending national champion basically always is, and why wouldn't you be? They be with those quarterbacks, but uh, 
But nonetheless, you know, I, I read this and I say, you know, the SEC West is back big time. Yeah, I think there's a little chip on their shoulder, John. Correct. That they haven't, Correct. haven't you know, won the championship now a couple times. And yet Leonard Fournette, John, just to give the audience an idea, uh, I sat, sat down with him to hear him give his uh, interview at the SEC media days. I, I was amazed at the size of his thighs. And right. They're massive. I mean, he has a lower body that's so strong. It was incredible. I, I just couldn't take my eyes off his build. And you're strong up top, and then you look below, and it's, I don't see how you wrap, wrap your arms around the tackle. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting you would say that because whenever I cover, you know, college or NFL, I always look to that and I say the exact same thing. Even guys who you would consider speedsters, <laughs> uh, throwback word there, but, uh, <laughs> you know, even quote, you know, speedbacks, when you look at the thighs, it's incredible. The size, it's a trait, you know, it's a trait, a physical trait that every single running back in major college football and the NFL has even the guys, you know, like I'll just throw out like a Darren Sproles. I guarantee you without even knowing or looking that, you know, his thighs are incredibly big. I mean, they just all are. It's just, you have to have it. It's just that simple. Yeah. Because your legs will take a beating, John. If, if you don't have that strength below, because you're going to be hit so many times and take all that punishment that, you know, you have to be in good shape physically and you must have a strong pair of legs and, and hips and thighs to withstand all that contact. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just to round it out on these Heisman favorites, the fifth favorite, they listed five, is Connor Cook, the quarterback at Michigan State. And uh, it sounds like he is a top NFL prospect. I actually heard uh, the Spartan coach, Mark D'Antonio, talking about him yesterday or this week on, uh, you know, and again on the ESPN bus tour. And he was just like, uh, you know, couldn't, couldn't say enough nice things about Connor Cook. So Michigan State, Ohio State, that, that, that could be among the games of the year, to say the least. Yeah, John, and, and when you're looking at his candidacy, you're thinking, well, who else is in that region? They can garner some other you know, votes from him, and it's probably the Ohio State quarterback, probably whoever that might turn out to be. Whereas um, in the southeast, if you have all these people excelling, they're going to take votes from each other. Oh, so exactly. It, you know, it might be ju- just no matter what happens this year, unless somebody's so outstanding that you have to vote for them. It could be with the numbers involved that the person in the Midwest ends up winning the Adam Trophy because there's so many good players in the Southeast and, and the votes are split. Very true. Yes, you cannot overstate voting. Uh, I know you, uh, I voted for the Heisman Trophy once. I was filling it in a newspaper in, in upstate New York. <laughs> and uh, back in the day when I was in the newspaper business, and uh, lo and behold, it happened to be the week uh, that you voted for the Heisman Trophy, and I voted for you, Green, linebacker from Pitt, uh, and it was the year that George Rogers from South Carolina won the Heisman. So I think it was like 1980, and uh, and you voted for the Heisman, right? I, I sure did. I had the privilege last year, and I look forward to that again this year. 
Right. Well, again, you can't overstate the regional aspect of Heisman Trophy voting. And like you just said perfectly, you know, how it can get diluted when you have a bunch of players from one good region uh, and maybe just one player from another region who's getting all those votes. So it's always interesting. And, oh, by the way, just before I forget, I mean, Michigan State, they are suddenly like quarterback you, right, with what they've been producing lately? Yeah, they got quite a few people who have excelled there. You know, uh, Mark Antonio, the coach, has revived the program, and they're on the national scene. And it's nice for it's nice to have another team in a conference doing well, besides the normal Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. And Wisconsin has been right in there for a number of years, and now Michigan State is you know is really a, like a top five in that conference. And of course, they well, exactly. in Nebraska, you know, in Nebraska, you know, they're they're coming in, John, with a new coach, and and Mike Riley, and you know, I, I don't know, I think it's very difficult now in Nebraska, John, as it was years ago. I mean, they used to come into New Jersey and take players in Texas, Louisiana, California, the Midwest, but I'm not sure where their recruiting base is now. I think it has to be all over the country again, and it's going to be very difficult. Oh, absolutely, and you know. Yeah, it's just not what you would have typically, you know, thought. I mean, Kirk Cousins, Brian Hoyer. I mean, this, yeah. this that program's consistently sending players into the NFL, and they've all and they all have great careers out at, you know, East Lansing. So it's fun to see. It's it's not something that we've typically associated in the past, but clearly it looks like Mark D'Antonio may be a quarterback whisperer <laughs> yeah. of sorts. Yeah, that's a good description, John. He, he sure has produced uh, the quarterback there. And, and I, I always like young uh, – they're like the all-bus team. When you watch Michigan State get off that bus, they are massive. I mean, they're just like an NFL team. Oh, yeah. Well, that goes back to the days of Bubba Smith in 1966, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's in their DNA. And Tony, Tony Mandaritz, right? Tony Mandaritz is another one. Big, big fella. Sure was. Bigger. Tough defensive players, you know, good cornerbacks, good one-on-one coverage cornerbacks, and you know, Mark D'Antoni's old, old uh, defensive back himself, they say, at South Carolina. Yeah. Before we take our break, I believe they'll end the season as they typically do with Penn State, so there could be a lot on the line for the Spartans in that game. Not sure if it's in East Lansing or State College this year, but uh, that's always a fun game, usually a bad weather game, regardless of where it's played, and. Uh, yeah, that could be the final hurdle for the Spartans, depending on how they do against Ohio State. So, uh, a team worth watching, to say the least. Um, oh, yeah, I think, as Mark Antonio said, they're going to be uh, in the hunt all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, AP, we've gone a little over on this segment, uh, as we often do when we're talking college football. But why don't we take our break? And on the way back on the other side, we'll give you a little update on the PGA Tour, and it's an interesting update on the other side. Your internet flagship station for sports... 
Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the PGA, particularly the final round on Sunday. It's the final major of the year. And A.P., you and I love our golf, and we're having another spectacular day, which is uh, Jordan Spieth is doing it yet again. He is now tied for the lead with Dustin Johnson and a couple of others, uh, one stroke up. He's at six under for the tournament. And I heard the most interesting thing just within the past hour or two where if he wins this, he's going to be the first player ever to win all three majors played in America. That's an astounding accomplishment if it happens. Yes, it sure is, John. I mean, I'm sure it's going to draw the audience this weekend. That's incredible. Uh, stat. I couldn't believe it. I I literally just, you know, practically fell off my chair when they said it. I had never heard that particular. I mean, it's like all year long, they just keep throwing out these amazing records that, you know, that he's going for in, you know, whatever context it may be, you know, be it, you know, doing what hasn't been done since Ben Hogan did it in 1953 and stuff like that. That's, of course, winning the Cowender Grand Slam and on and on and on. It's just like every time you look up, they're talking about a new and a different record. But I hadn't heard this one before. And uh, that one really, like, just jumped out at me. That's just an amazing uh, piece of trivia, as it were. And, uh, you know, it's great to watch. I mean, you know, we've been very fortunate this year between – you know, the U.S. Open at Chambers Bay and then what seems like just a mirror image course almost, whistling straights out in Wisconsin on the shores of Lake Michigan. Uh, 
spectacular scenery. I mean, we've all seen a couple tournaments from here, and I just can't get enough of it. It's just I could just watch it all day long just for the scenery, let alone the importance of it. Yeah, Jordan Spieth, I mean, he's been the story this year in golf, and it's a refreshing to see this young fella pursuing all these championships and having the opportunity to set these records. And really, it keeps the fan base on the edge of their seat every weekend. There's a golf tournament they're interested in watching. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, Rory McIlroy's playing well. I think he's a two-under. Again, Spieth is tied for the lead at six-under. And he's through 16 holes, by the way. He's playing with Rory and uh, British Open champ uh, Zach Johnson. I mean, what a threesome. And they're just about wrapped up. So, I mean, you know, and Dustin Johnson is teeing off here in about 20 minutes. Uh, he's also at six under, tied for the lead. And uh, so, again, it's shaping up like it has been the last couple of tournaments, potentially, as, you know, Jordan Spieth and Dustin Johnson. And then uh, with Rory recovering from his injury, you know, he's done pretty well, I'd say, given, you know, what he's come back from you know, quicker than expected. And so maybe he'll get into the hunt and boy, I, I can't think of a better way to get over the, the tiger blues than having, you know, Spieth, Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy, you know, competing for majors. That, that that's, that, that's an impressive group and a charismatic group. Yeah. They've all had success on the tour and they've all, they all can carry the, carry the tour, each one of them, if they get hot. And people will watch the, them individually and collectively. Uh, it's a real plus. Correct. I mean, it's just, you know, Dustin Johnson, longest hitter on the tour, nice guy, married to Wayne Gretzky's daughter and new father. And, you know, he's had a lot of heartbreaks. So that makes him a compelling figure. And then certainly Rory, number one player in the world. And by the way, that's a, a sidelight to this whole thing, too, that if, Jordan Spieth wins. Uh, I believe he'll be the best player, number one player in the world, taking you know overtaking Rory McIlroy, and you know that's not going to sit well with Rory McIlroy. I think that's probably a big reason as to why he played in this tournament. I you know golfers don't give up that title lightly. They just don't. No, and they they don't get in that position without being fierce competitors, and. The, the thing about Jordan Speak is, I mean, he's just a, a fresh figure on the, on the tour, and it's just interesting to watch him every week to see what he's going to do. Yeah, he's very likable. You know, his, you know, as we've been hearing repeatedly, he's not the best at any one facet of the game, but he's great in all facets of the game, including specifically if, I, if he did have to pick his strongest part of his game, it would probably be his short game where he, you know, I won't call it routinely, but he, uh, you know, more often than anybody I can remember in recent memory will hole it out, you know, from off the green. He tends to do that with, you know, somewhat regularly, which is, you know, an astounding statement when you think about it. Oh, yeah. And I was reading a little bit about him. And they were asking him how, why he's been so successful. And I guess he, he tries to pick a small target and miss small. And some people, they get so excited. And he talks about his heart rate going qu quickly 
So to calm himself down, he picks a small, small target so he can miss small instead of looking at the entire broad uh, picture of, of, of trying to get the ball in the hole. Interesting. I had not heard that. You know, most importantly, I mean, he's very likable. He seems well-grounded. Uh, given his age, he's an amazing interview. He just, on these big stages, i.e. winning the Masters, uh, winning the U.S. Open, I mean, he, he just says all the right things every single time. It, it's impressive to watch. It really is. Yeah, you forget that they're 21, 22 years old, whatever they may be, and they're and they have all this pressure and everybody's watching them and it's not like any other sport. It's, you have to make the shots. There's no one else out there. You, you, you can't be looking to a teammate to, to get rid of the ball. It's, it's all on you. Every shot is, is a major issue. <laughs> exactly right. Well, AP, thanks as always for your perspective. We appreciate you taking the time to call in from California Enjoy UCLA practice this afternoon, and thanks again for uh, for your perspective, as always. Thank you, John. It's my pleasure. All right, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.